welcome to a mini breakdown with Ashley and Chris, where they answer your questions and meet with real brides to break down their wedding every week. Hello, guys. Welcome to The Breakdown, where we go over any questions that you send us on Instagram. This is a new segment, Chris. Brand freaking new. And we are pumped. We are hyped. Who would have thought that we launched a podcast and then decided uh, that same week to go, hey, you know what we should do? We should record a whole nother segment and keep this bad boy going. So I'm hype. I'm here for it. And I'm all in on this thing. Same. I feel like I'm right on a high. It's been a ton of fun. Chris and I have been at this all day today, literally all day. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's crazy to think how much goes into this, but yes, we are here for the first breakdown. Woo! Yes. We are here to answer any questions you have. If you ever are struggling with something or you are dealing with a situation while planning your wedding or something has really just been making you cranky lately with your wedding planning and you feel like your mental health needs a little boost, shoot us a message on Instagram. We will always have the opportunity for you to, or you can just slide into those DMs and we might feature your question on a future breakdown episode, which will launch every single Friday. And we also have more plans for these, don't we? We do. We do. So uh, our second plan is to be interviewing real brides and break down an aspect of their big day, their wedding day, so that you guys are actually hearing from people who have walked in your shoes, the shoes that you will be walking into, wedding day shoes. And uh, and so we are. that's the plan to do that too. And so we want to let you guys know that um, because if that, it, what does someone do, Ashley, if they're like, oh my gosh, I hear this. I want to be on this. I have some knowledge that I want to impart on people who are planning their wedding. How would someone go about letting us know that? You can do one of two things at the moment. Well, actually one of three things. You can send us a message on Instagram. If Instagram is your favorite place to hang out, we Probably like to the be there easiest. too. Yep. Or you can send us a message on Facebook if you are a Facebooker. I totally know some people still avoid Instagram, which is actually crazy to me because Facebook is can can be a very harmful place for my mental health, but some it's, people it's love it. So those are two. And then your third option is you can go to our website, thebridalbreakdown.com and go to the contact us section and send us your little note. And all you have to say is, hey, I'd love to be interviewed. Send. Yeah. And then we'll start a conversation there. Uh, but today we have four, potentially, that's what we're aiming for, four questions that we're going to be answering that real listeners have sent us. And so are you ready for this? Ashley, I think the hardest part of this is going for us to be, is going to be for us to keep this concise because we like to expand. So we're going to try to, we're going to try to knock this out and um, keep these shorter. Our average episode is about an hour and 15. What are we shooting for with these? We want these without the interviews to be around 20 minutes. So let's see if we can, we can do that. We're already at uh, like a four minute mark. So let's dive in. The first question, after two reschedules, it's hard to be excited. Oof. Literally, Man. I can't, like, I, I feel for her. I feel yeah. for her so hard. Like, after one reschedule, I could imagine it being hard to be excited. But after two... I mean, yeah, and I think that just kind of, it's like a hit to your, your to your excitement. It's like, oh, man, this is going to be great. We're going to be this, this, this. And it's like, boom, reschedule one. Okay, well, deep breath. It's like you've already had to walk through this coping kind of thing once, and then you have to do it again, and it's like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? Like, again? Yeah, yeah. Again. again. Right, 
So I can man. so feel why they are sitting in this place of it's hard to be excited. Like, girl, I feel you. So I actually don't feel you. I didn't reschedule anything. I feel I have sympathy for you. Like hard. Well, but we've or worked. Wait, we've empathy? also worked with Hold personally. And is it sympathy brides. or empathy? Uh, I. I oh, empathize. Man. I think it's empathize. I, I can't empathize sympathize because I haven't. Right. Yeah, I, I think know. I think you're right. I think I empathy think I is empathize. like sympathize is like I've felt this. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, I've been yeah. there. So I empathize. Um, okay. So what kind of advice can we give to this bride? Like how can we help them keep their excitement alive when like the flicker of excitement is just getting lower and lower and lower as reschedules happen? I think the first thing that comes to my mind is really sitting in that gratitude practice. So although yes, this is draining, like you are worn out, you are defeated, write down in your notes, and a piece of paper, just start jotting down all of the things that you're grateful for, for that day that nothing else can bring for you. So let's say it's, I'm rescheduling again because I want to see all of my people. This will still allow me to see all of my people. Yes, for sure. And there's like a lot of gratefulness within that. And yes, that means you're being patient and you're making the decision to be Dude, Chris, my freaking trash man just passed me and I forgot to take the trash out. No, no, no. I've done that. I've done that so many times. Once ah. I did it two weeks, I've done it two weeks in a row before. No. And I'm like, oh my God, call us the freaking trash people. Because I'm cringing inside so hard. Oh, I'm sorry. I know that feeling. I sympathize with you. I know that oh. feeling. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Anyways. So I think writing down everything that you're grateful for, like remembering to take the trash out. Yeah. <laughs> Is, when but you I do, do think that will you ground do, you. Yeah. So yeah, I would say that I think creating that gratitude practice and living that and living in that is really good. And it's also I think it's also important to remember that like the easy thing to do is to just let these negative emotions ride. Like it's it's hard to be excited. Well, this is just how it's gonna be. And I totally understand how people can slip into that mode because it's discouraging. But it does take work and intentionality to get excited. And so there will have to be some work that's put in by anyone who is trying to regain some excitement from having to reschedule. Like you are going to have to do some intentional things because it doesn't come easy. It It's hard. Like that's why it's hard to be excited because it doesn't just naturally happen. And I think like Ashley was talking about the gratitude practice, creating some sort of gratitude practice and maybe even sitting down and having a conversation with your fiance and being like, look, I'm really discouraged. I know you're really discouraged. We need a safe word to be able to say when we notice the other person's being discouraged so that we can uh, take a moment and say three things that we're grateful for. Kind of like you and Justin, how you guys do, like the whole pineapple thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you guys can take some time to actually hold each other accountable when it comes to like, hey, we're going to be grateful right now and we're going to practice gratitude. Yeah. Well, and I also think for her, one of the things that I think is worrying her is that she's afraid she's going to have to do it again. And so she's, I think, protecting herself from Mm. being hopeful. And I think that that's where you just relinquish control and be like that. If there's a third reschedule, it's completely out of my control. And I just have to like, it's like if it rains on your day, it's out of your control. Let's not worry about the things that you don't have control over. 
as hard as it is. I'm sorry to anyone who can hear all of the ruckus that's going on upstairs. Apparently, there's a meat salesman here at my house trying to sell my wife his meat, so I don't... (laughs) I'm being serious. He's here. I know I made that joke, but he's trying to sell meat. Hot dogs. Get your hot dogs here. (laughs) Ashley Ashley can't breathe. That you worded that is literally the best thing I've ever heard. Okay. And my kids are running around like this. It's just a stampede. So I'm sorry if you hear all that additional noise. Oh my god. <laughs> and with Poor that, Lyra. with that, <laughs> is there anything that you have to say to her with her being worried about a third reschedule potentially and not keeping her from being excited? Number. I would ask yourself these questions. Why would we reschedule a third time if it's because of wedding party size i would seriously begin to question like and ask yourself the question okay this has happened three times we're just ready to get married how can we still accomplish our wedding why um even with a smaller thing and just to go ahead and do it and to go ahead and pull the trigger on it i mean that would be my advice because we don't know how what if there's a fourth reschedule what if there's a fifth at that point you may even begin to not even want to get married. Like there's just so much that goes into it. And so this might not be the best answer. Like, but here's what I would tell if my brother was in this boat or my younger sister was in this boat, I would be like, Amanda, why don't you just go ahead and pull the trigger? Just roll with the punches and just do it and just get married. And that's what my advice would be. If it comes to a third, I wouldn't want to deal with that stress. I'd just be like, let's just do this. Let's just make it happen. How can we still make this day special? And let's get it. Well, and I keep saying, then maybe it's like not postponing your reception so much, like utilize your wedding day for your wedding day and what it will be. But like throw yeah. like an epic five year vow renewal party. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. So do something then, like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. I really actually do think that's really great. Good. Good call. Sweet deal. Second question. Are real flowers worth it? What do you think? Try to do this from a bridal perspective and from a photographer perspective because okay. I think those are two, could potentially from, be two different answers. I actually think they are very different answers. From a selfish photographer perspective, which I am, it I think real flowers are worth it. 100%. But I think real flowers are worth it in your bouquet. Yes. I think if from a budgetary perspective, switching your like centerpieces and stuff to fake or like maybe your arbor since nobody's going to be close to your arbor uh, making those fake yeah i think like supplemental accent even your bridesmaids if your bouquet is real and your bridesmaids bouquets are fake like uh, that is even like if you're going to splurge on any florals i would hands down do it on your bouquet and then obviously, of course, if you can do it with your bridesmaids too, that's even better. But Yeah. But that said, I, I do as a photographer and someone who sees weddings all the time, I do think real flowers are worth it unless I do see, like I have seen some fake bouquets done very well, but they, like, they aren't necessarily trying to look real. You know, yeah. like they're kind of like owning the, I don't the know. The DIY. Like, they yeah, own the DIY. And it, yeah. And it looks badass like it's great so i think my 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 answer as a photographer would be yes but also my answer as a bride because i just did this like it kind of sucks but then again i've kept all like my bouquets in particular and like i've kept a couple of um 
like my arbor centerpieces, like where I got married, I've kept that stuff and just let it dry. And I do love it. Ooh, um, that's what I was going to say. Is there some yeah. really cool potential if you get real flowers to do? I've seen some people doing amazing things where they press them in glass and put them in a photo. And then your bouquet is literally displayed somewhere in your home. Yep. Um, so there's some really, really there's, cool stuff to do with it there. Like also like a resin, like people have made like coasters out of their bouquets, like mm-hmm. clear coasters out of like resin with their like petals and things like that. There's yeah. amazing companies that do those kinds of things. There are ways that you can not make it feel like you are using, spending all this money in florals and then they're gone. And I've also seen if you do do real florals that they can take the florals. I don't know if they can do this in COVID times, but they would take the florals to like nursing homes at the end of the wedding days so that those flowers like kind of like bring some happiness and like, oh that's so yeah that's super sweet it? i love that yeah me too so i think that's cool but from our real flowers worth it yeah, i think that's something yeah, you have to decide yes, i think for me I, I i would agree yes they are worth it now there are so many tears to this like i always like brides who are like oh we really want really real flowers but we're struggling right now I've seen, we're here in the Midwest, so we have Dylan's. I've seen Dylan's and Sam's knock out some great floral arrangements with real flowers. Actually um, the same. Like that look really, really good. Um, obviously, yes, there are professional florists that are amazing at their craft and they're good at what they do, but there are also different levels of florals. You don't have to go out and spend five grand on florals. You can maybe spend 500 and it's, you know, doable. But I think what Ashley said about the, it's, I definitely think it's worth it for the bouquets. Do you need it for your arbor, for other floral, you know, arrangements around on your centerpieces? Maybe not. Maybe that's an area where you can cut back and do something different. Yeah, I agree. So I think it depends on your priorities. Faux so line show. out those priorities, which we have an episode on that. I don't remember which one it is. But it will be coming. What's the next question? It is, this person said, I am struggling with feeling motivated to plan my wedding. Okay. So how can we help people who are struggling? They're on the struggle bus. It's hard for them. How can we help them build build motivation to plan their wedding? Well, and this girl in particular, this sweetheart, she said that, because I sent her a message to expand on it. And she said, I think COVID and the uncertainty of everything. Everything is just in this weird gray zone and we're still eight months away. So nothing really feels urgent. So she's unmotivated to do it just because everything is kind of unknown. So that gives you some backstory on that. Okay. So here's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, when, whenever I create something and I have to do it and I'm not in the zone, it, it almost never turns out Same. good. Same. And so maybe what you should do is find out like what mode exists for you that can inspire you. So maybe uh, a good way to gain inspiration is to go out and walk at a park and nature or go walk you go walk your dog or maybe it's uh, going on a drive and listening to your favorite playlist like something that can get you into the mood to motivate you. So okay, so we're going to talk about marriage. So think about marriage and foreplay. Like you can just dive right into it and try to make something happen or there's, you know, a better way. (laughs) There's a better way to do that, to get a better result. It's the same thing with wedding planning. Like if you just sit down, you're like, Oh, 
oh my God, let me get all my books out. Let me get my Pinterest board up. All right, I got to like, no, what if you like foreplayed your wedding planning so that you like got in this mode to be able to uh, feel creative and to feel inspired. And so maybe that's through art or music or wine or beer or, you know, the bachelor on whatever it is, like you have to be able to find this mode that you can get into and then execute from there. I'm obsessed with that foreplay your wedding planning i am writing it down i am making a graphic and it is happening yes foreplay your wedding planning planning. no i totally agree i when i was planning my wedding a big way that i got motivated because i am a procrastinator to no end is i would put on my like favorite wedding planning podcast honestly which there aren't a whole lot of them out there but we are one hello but i would put on my favorite wedding planning podcast which Um, At the time while I was going through it was Bride Disrupted and it was like for offbeat weddings, wanting to do things a little unconventionally and I would get super inspired by that. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I can totally play cornhole at my wedding. Like those are all the thoughts going through my head. And so I had these extreme layers of inspiration and then to apply them to myself, obviously I scaled these huge ideas back and fell in love with what I was doing. And I was like, Oh my God, Justin, we can play, we can play cornhole and we can do this and we can do this and we can stand in a circle. Like, yeah, oh, that yeah. was how I got inspired. Heck. I floor played yes. the heck out of my wedding planning. I love that. I see. This is what happens when we do Q and a stuff. Like we always have conversations like this off air and so many great things are said. And it's like, it feels so inauthentic to try to repeat it Yeah, in a way, but now yeah. we're just like, and we're always like, oh, no, I've got to stop talking because I want to say this later. Like, I can't keep saying yes. this. No. Yeah, no, I Wedding totally planning. Foreplay your wedding planning. I love that. Foreplay your wedding be, planning. That That's should a thing. be something. Oh, one last piece of advice with this. If you really are struggling to get motivated, maybe you can pay some sort of hourly rate to a wedding day coordinator or wedding day planner or something like that. That may be an option that you might be able to look into. I don't know. I also think with struggling to feel motivated, figure out what it is that you still need to do. This is where I still, like, my I my like little sister is getting married. And so to get motivated to plan her stuff, I will pull up like the knots checklist on my phone. I have like the knot app. And although I don't do a lot of it cause it's very like cliche, what I will do is look at, okay, what are the must haves that I need to get done? Let's say it's like send out, save the dates or whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to tackle this this week. And then I'll like open yes. up Pinterest and I'm like, priority save the list. dates. Yeah, I start looking and I'm like, this save the date's beautiful. This save the date's beautiful. This one's beautiful. And then all of a sudden after I looked at like 12 of them, I'm inspired and I just tackle that one thing. Yeah, and it, and there are certain aspects. Can you hear that? I can hear that. It's pretty loud. What the heck? It's going through my, oh, geez, I need to Turn exit. it on do not disturb. How do I, can I do that for my, it's on my like iMessage. Yeah, yeah. Up on, uh, okay, welcome uh, for everybody. This is a pro tip if you uh, have a Mac. On the top right side of your screen, there are three dashes next yes. to like Siri. If you click that and then scroll up, you'll see night shift and do not disturb. <gasps> Boom. Dude, Done. it's life changing. I oh do it every single God, time we record so, so I don't get notified. Yeah. I did life not even hack for everybody that needs do not disturb on their Hell yeah. computer. That's so great. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't remember what I was going to say, but uh, we can probably. feeling motivated to wedding. Pl- I don't oh yeah. Either. So, okay. So I'll finish this thought. Um, 
not every aspect of wedding planning is creative and involves creativity. There are phone calls you need to make. There are emails that need to be sent. Maybe you have some sort of reward system that you implement. So for every, it's almost like if you ever were in high school and you would like put a Skittle on like the paragraphs that you had to read, like I'm going to read to this point and then I get a Skittle, like something like that. So maybe for you, it's like, uh, I, for every wedding task I complete, like when I complete like this bulk of like six phone calls, emails, and something else that I need to do, uh, I'm going to order my favorite takeout or buy a bottle of wine or buy a new shirt, whatever it is. Like you find something that can reward you to motivate you to do that. And in the long run, like maybe you're spending and you limit it. Maybe what's something that I can reward myself with for $20 or $10 or whatever. But I also think the reward, something to note there, is that it should be something that you wouldn't buy for yourself normally. So it actually feels mm. like a reward. Like That's good. You normally don't do takeout, but like you love it, but you try to keep yourself from it. Yeah. Well, you just rewarded yourself. So girlfriend, get you that takeout. Go get yourself that orange chicken. That's right. Go get it. I love freaking Chinese food. Okay, moving on. Last question of the day. How do you determine seating during the reception? Uh, assigned tables, assigned seats, none, question mark, question mark, question mark. Okay, so I just did this. Yes, share your knowledge. Yeah, so this is obviously a little bit more of like a tactical aspect to wedding planning, but what helped me, especially because I was doing this during the time of COVID, I knew that I needed to do assigned seating. So I did assigned tables. So you go to this table, you go to this table. And I knew I had to do that because I wanted to keep households to around each other. Like I didn't want to expose different households to different households. Yeah. So I like kept close friend groups together, um, people who see each other already. And I just tried since that's that close, like eating vicinity. And what I did was, so you like, if you think of a tabletop at a reception, it typically sits between six and 10 people. So find out mm-hmm. how many your tables sit. And so mine were eight and I sat anywhere from three to eight people per table, which kind of sucks because sometimes you might have three person at a table, but safety was very important to me. And so I did sometimes three to four people at a table and then moved on from there. And then the hard part is when like very rarely I came across like my parents invites and I was like, okay, where do I put these people? And mom and dad came in clutch here. And then sometimes I had to say like, well, do you think that they should sit alone or do you think that they should sit with this person? Or like we invited this, um, you know, I'm just going to be honest. We're all probably in the closest in the generation. We're all probably like millennials, Gen Z, mostly listening to this podcast. And so <laughs> they were more, they were older generation, like the boomer generation, my, my lovely parents, their generation. And a couple of people... <laughs> were I was just unsure how they would be sitting with anyone who's gay and I am a huge LBGTQIA plus ally I love that community and so I was like I had to be respectful of that I'm like okay I need to sit my friends somewhere where they are going to be comfortable so I had to like ask my parents would these people in their generation be comfortable with that so you kind of have to utilize family members and it's just and don't be afraid like you don't need to fill up all the tables I think is a big thing 
Right. Yeah. So you don't have to have a table. Maybe there's only a table of four. Maybe there's a table of eight. Maybe there's this. So my initial reaction to this question is I hate when couples have seating assignments at their, like when I'm attending a wedding and I have, I'm assigned to a table, but that's me. And this day isn't about me. It is about you as the, as as the couple and what Mm. you want. So I'm going to completely remove that from here and I'm going to go back to wedding. Why? What would be your purpose behind having an assigned seating table? Is it because you know for sure that there are groups of people that are going to um, want to be at a table? Maybe you could assign seating for half the tables and other people don't get an assigned seat. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's something that you can think through. Um, Some people, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm tossing stuff out, but... I would ask yourself the question, why do I want to have assigned seating? Is it because someone's pushing for it? Is it because you think you have to? Um, Do you not want to? If you don't want to, don't do it. But if you want to and you have a good reason, do it. Go for it. Okay. So we disagree here, Chris. (laughs) Yeah. Go for it. I'm excited. I hate going to a wedding without assigned seating. Hate it. It's like when you show up to a new classroom and you don't know where to sit And so you pick a random seat and then all of a sudden like you're ending up around people that maybe you don't clash very well with or whatever. Like, okay, just tell me where the hell to sit and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to be fine. And I think most of the time, most of the time, whenever you go and there's assigned seating, you, the couple generally tries to put you with people that you're at least familiar with or you will get along with because that's at least what I did as well. And I think... Like when I've gone, I've gone to a wedding recently with assigned seating and without. When I went with, I just sat down. I knew the people around me. I sat with my parents. So I was like comfortable. And then I went to another one that there wasn't assigned seating. And I literally was like, I'm like, okay, but which seat? Okay, what what table are you guys going to sit at? Okay, I'm going to sit over here. Oh, I hope, I hope that there's a seat for me at your table. If there's yeah. not a seat for me, then okay. I'm going to end up at this table with nobody that I know. Well, uh, then maybe it's, here's what's happened is I've had experiences where I've been sat at a table where that wasn't the case for me. It was not the best case scenario. I was sat with people that were these randos that we, they didn't know where the hell to put us. So then we got sat at that table and that table sucks. Um, but I have had good experiences. Have you seen the movie table 19? No. It's with Anna Kendrick. That's basically what happens. It's like all of these single people get sat at the same table and you're like, great. Like we're at the, there's 20 tables at this wedding and they're sad at like the last one because they're just like that we don't know what to do with you oh my god that sounds like an amazing movie i'm gonna write that down table 19 um, so anyways but yeah so i i can i can understand that like if you get put at, at the table with your people then heck yeah that's gonna be an awesome table but what if you don't and so here's where i think i think this is personality thing i don't want anyone to tell me what to do it's my eight wing no one's gonna tell me what to do i'm the boss of my own decisions and i'm being told to sit over here and i don't like it and Maybe I'm, I would have chose that I, seat on my own. Yeah. But, yeah. and again, I can own this. This isn't about me. This isn't about my big day. This is about them. I'm yeah, just speaking but, from, from a guest. So that's why that's I was like point. completely, you know, disregard that. Now I will say I loved when I attended your reception and I was sat at the table with everyone that I was sat at with because I right. knew all these people. Well, and imagine if we didn't have that and then you might not have sat with your people because there yeah, may not that, have been room to sit with your people. That's true. That's true. But anyways. I'm very pro assigned seating, obviously. Plus with this COVID thing, it is something that you can do to make people um, that more is comfortable. Very true. But uh, as far as assigned tables, seats, none. I didn't do assigned seats. I just did a table and they could pick their seat. 
the little like place cards with their name on it. Um, that's cute. Not super necessary, but it's very cute. It was also going to be more work for me and people just move them anyways. Whenever they go to sit at that table, they're like, well, I want to sit next to my mom. So they move themselves. So I would just assign tables if you are going to go the assigned seating route. And make sure that your your table assignment, however you do it, there's so many different cute ways to do it on Pinterest where you have the names displayed. Make sure it's displayed um, before they like don't have it in the reception area. Like if they can, you can have it right when they walk in, have it there. Like so have it people, next to their guest book like yes, when they're going and getting there. in line anyways. Otherwise, they'll sit down at a random table and then someone has to go be like, hey, yo, you don't sit here. And they're like, oh my gosh, yeah. no, really? There's a, there's signs eating? Yeah. So anyways. Anyways, that's the breakdown. I like feel so out of breath. That's crazy. <sighs> and we're at 30 minutes. <laughs> okay. Well, but we four also minutes did- of that. was the very beginning so exactly and i said let's shoot for like 20 to 30 minutes and i think so you guys are like exploring this with us so hello if you're still listening after those questions are done i do think chris that maybe it might be better if we just like aim for three questions i think so and then we could kind of chase the rabbits a little more questions three questions was right at 15 minutes when we did it yeah and then if we do that like we don't feel so like out of breath trying to like get through all four. I know. And then maybe we can go a little more in depth and I'm not like, Oh my gosh, I need to think about I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll I see. Agree. We'll see. We'll try. We'll try to do three questions next week. We are collecting a bank of questions. So again, send them to us on Instagram and, and soon. If you're a bride. Yes. Hit us up because yes. the minute that we start to get some people is when we can start uh, adding that second segment onto the breakdown. Yes, which, which this, this would be the time that we would be like, and we interviewed so-and-so about their wedding day and they had to do X, Y, and Z and you're going to want to hear about it. And then they would come on in their sweet little voice. Yes. All the things. That's okay. it. That's the breakdown. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed this mini-sode. Yeah, and we will see you next week. Let us know your thoughts because we're just kind of talking through it. And so if you want to help kind of be a part of this as you're a pioneer listener, send us messages and let us know what you think. Did you like the pace? Did you like the four questions? Do you want more questions? Was it too fast? Yeah. Like we yeah, want all the feedback. Know. Any, all feedback is uh, positive. Even if it is like you guys talked at the speed of the road runner, slow down. Right. And you can totally hear my kids destroying the basement. They are. So, on they, that note, it's I am getting going louder. To, uh, we are going to end this podcast. <laughs> okay. See you, you later. You guys have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye bye.